Welcome to Quick Hits, the only podcast that gets you smartenized. Today's episode, Making Coffee with a Hammer, or The Quest for Power. I live in the Northeast, in a little village that's between Albany and Saratoga, and every couple of years we get hit with an ice storm. The aftermath is very, very pretty, and very, very dangerous. What happens is everything gets coated with a glaze of ice. Bushes and trees all look like they'd been uprooted and dipped in crystal and then put back in place. And when the sun hits it, it's really gorgeous, and photographs really can't do it justice. But the downside isn't very pretty. What happens is power lines also get encrusted with ice, and they get heavy. And then branches that are made heavy by the ice fall on the power lines, and break the power lines, and sometimes the weight is enough, the additional weight is enough, so that it'll actually snap a telephone pole. So fixing the mess from a big ice storm is a huge problem and and takes some time, although usually we only lose power for a day, and it's only happened a couple of times in the 20 years I've been living in this house. Well, Thursday night, an ice storm hit, And the power flicked off and on a bit, but it didn't go off completely, so we didn't worry too much about it, and we went to bed. About 5.30 on Friday morning, we wake up to hear this squealing, this high-pitched squeal coming from the cellar. And I recognized it immediately. First of all, I could see that my clock was off, and all the power was off, and I went down in the cellar with a flashlight, and there is an alarm on the sump pump which goes off if the water gets too high and the sump pump's not working. So I walk through ankle-deep water to turn that little battery-powered device off. And then I call NYSIG, our power company, to find out how long it's going to be before we get our power back. I call them up on my cell phone. It says, press 1 to report a life-threatening emergency. Press 2 for all other questions. So I press 2 and am told, Please enter your 10-digit account number. Oh yeah, isn't that handy? I'm going to go looking for my bill with a flashlight in the dark. So I redial and I press 1. A guy answered, said his name was Jose, and told me that 100,000 homes were without power. I found out later it was closer to 240,000 homes. And because there were lines down all over the place and they were just getting started on the fixing... They didn't have any idea how long it would be before power was restored. So I waited for my daughters to get up, and they called where they normally go to work, found out that those places were without power too, and the house was getting colder, so we piled into the car and we headed north to Saratoga, where everybody still had power. We went out for lunch, We hung around a nice warm mall, and we went to some movies. We got out of the movies around 6 and called the house. 
If the power was back on, Vonage would kick over to voicemail. And if it wasn't, it would forward it to my cell phone. My cell phone rang. So, we called Nysik again, and the same guy answered the phone. This is about 13 hours later, and I said, wow, you know, you, you're the same guy that answered the phone this morning. He said, yeah, well, we're all chipping in, we're all trying to do our part. And he still had no idea when the power was going to be restored. So we went out to supper, spent more than we should have, took as much time as we could at the restaurant, and headed home. The house was down to 50 degrees, and we bundled up and grabbed some book lights that we had bought and crawled into bed. When we woke up, there was still no power, and the temperature was now down to 40. Once again, I called NYSIG, pressed 1 for their life-threatening emergency number, and was told that now they had an estimate. This was Saturday morning. Now they had an estimate the power would be back sometime on Wednesday. Wednesday? Wow, well, before I addressed the rest of the day, I really needed coffee. But I make coffee in a French press, and I grind the beans, and the grinder didn't work without electricity. So I put a pot of water on the grill, took a handful of beans and put them in a plastic bag, and pulverized them with a meat hammer. And as good as hot coffee tastes, it tastes even better in a freezing cold house. I'd wanted to get a generator for a while, and now there was no putting it off. The water had drained out of the cellar on its own, which happened sometimes, but without power there was a risk that it could fill up at any time. And it could ruin the heater and the new water heater that I had just installed a few months ago. I was concerned about food in the freezer, and my biggest concern, because we were facing freezing temperatures every night, was pipes freezing and bursting. So I needed a generator, and I needed a generator now. And I called around. I called every hardware store in the area. Nobody had them. They were all sold out, and none of them had any idea as to when they would get any. I finally found one at a BJ's Wholesale Club in Utica, about 110 miles away. I asked if they'd save me one, and they said, yeah, sure. I was picturing driving back down the thruway with a generator half sticking out of my trunk held in with bungee cords, but a neighbor of mine, Stephen, he wanted one too, and he offered to drive us both there in his pickup truck if my kids would watch his kids. He has a fireplace, so that was a pretty easy sell. I had also contacted an electrician by then who said he could hook it up to the house wiring when we got back and told us we also needed to get something called a Gentran pack so it could be connected to our breaker box. We left around noon. The trip to Utica was uneventful. We got our two generators at BJ's, 600 bucks apiece. And while we were waiting at the service desk to ring them up, a woman in front of us was having trouble renewing her membership. I was telling Stephen how I had made coffee that morning, and just as she finished her transaction, I finished my story and said, that worked out pretty well. The woman, thinking I was talking about her, turned around and gave me a funny look. I said, oh, I wasn't talking about you. I was just telling him how I made coffee with a hammer. She gave me a funnier look. 
BJ's didn't have Gentran packs or even know what they were, so we went to a nearby Lowe's. They were sold out. Next stop, Home Depot. There I met someone who didn't have any either, but he told me he had been a master electrician for 30 years and he wanted to have a long conversation about how NYSIG were a bunch of assholes and shitheads and they sucked. Language doesn't offend me, but I was kind of surprised to hear that from a clerk on the sales floor. I was also awfully impressed that a master electrician was working for probably 10 bucks an hour at a Home Depot. So I left with him following me, wanting to keep this conversation going while I'm in a hurry. I'm trying to find this stuff and get back home. Stephen made some calls from the truck and we located the Gentran packs at a Home Depot in Amsterdam, which was on the way home, about 45 minutes from our houses. We hit the throughway and headed home. About a half an hour later, the truck started bucking really hard. I'd like to tell you that the truck was a Bronco, because that would be funnier, but it wasn't. We drove on the shoulder for about a mile at 25 miles an hour, and then it smoothed out again. So, we're zooming along, and ten minutes later it starts again. This time we drove on the shoulder for about five miles before we came to a rest stop. We were hoping it was just a case of bad gas or clogged fuel injectors, so we filled up the tank, added some dry gas and some STP additive, hit the road again, and it ran really nice and smooth for about a mile. And then it started bucking again. Now we're getting a little nervous because we're out in the middle of nowhere in the middle of winter with $1,200 worth of generators in the back of the truck, which are heavy as hell. And the truck is just bucking and bucking. We pull over to the side again, 25 miles an hour, and then it smoothed out. And it ran pretty smooth for the rest of the trip home. A few little jolts here and there, but we breathed a real sigh of relief on that. We pulled into the Amsterdam Home Depot. It's dark now. And several people were walking out pushing flatbed hand trucks with generators on them. They had received a shipment while we were out running all over the state. But they had the Gentran packs that we needed, so we each bought one. $300 a piece. We bought some five-gallon gas cans, and we headed home. About 20 minutes from home, we pulled into a gas station and filled our gas cans. Got in the truck, headed home. We were delighted. We'd been on the road for about six hours, but we had our generators, the electronics, gasoline, and an electrician waiting to install everything. As we pulled out of the gas station, both of our cell phones rang. It was our kids. They were calling to tell us that the power had just come back on. And that's it for this episode of the Quick Hits Podcast. If you've learned a little something, if you've changed your mind, or even if you can just understand a different point of view without necessarily agreeing with it, explain that to me, because there was really nothing in this episode to get you smartenized. I'm having some fun getting the Blood Witness stuff together, working on a promo, working on a website. It's going to be a little while, but uh, it's coming together nicely. I think it's going to be very cool and a lot of fun. I'm not sure how many more episodes I'm going to have coming up before I get started on that. I've got a couple of ideas, and 
I found that, you know, if you get an idea for a show and you want to do it and you say, oh, I'll put that on the back burner and come back to it a month later or two months later, it's just not very fresh. And you just can't really do it justice. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I can tell you I do have a bonus episode coming up. Mike Harling, a friend of mine, wrote a book called Postcards from Across the Pond. And it's very, very funny, and he sent me some excerpts from it. So I'm going to be doing that as a bonus episode for you sometime fairly soon. And at that point, I may have a little better idea if there's going to be any more upcoming shows before the release of Blood Witness. As always, I do love hearing from folks. Hitman at DaveHit.com. You can go to DaveHit.com, spell with two T's, and find the correct spelling of that just about everywhere. Until then... There's nothing left for me to do except remind you that the Quick Hits Podcast is a little more than a journal of one man's opinion, and so should not be taken too seriously. Seriously.